Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Uh, quite a bit to talk about last night with uh, the playoff games that went on and the fact that we've got a Game 7 uh, today coming up uh, very shortly between the Cavs and Pacers. Uh, game 1 with the Jazz uh, going to Houston and, uh, you know, all all amount of good stuff because uh, we also have the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs continuing today with uh, the Capitals and Penguins playing, so uh, gonna be uh, gonna be an interesting uh, uh, set of uh, games today. But I w- want to lead off with something that always interests me, and that's when you get a positional player throwing a perfect inning in a baseball game. So last night you had uh, the Giants just getting absolutely blown out. Uh, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Dodgers were just taking it to the Giants. Uh, so uh, Bruce Bochy decides to throw out Pablo Sandoval for the ninth inning. And, you know, if you haven't seen this, uh, the highlights of this yet, uh, look it up on ESPN or wherever else you want to uh, watch your sports highlights from. And just see Pablo Sandoval just mowing guys down with an 87-mile-an-hour fastball. And in uh, a 69-mile-an-hour 12-6 curveball with movement. I mean, it was glorious watching that happen. It, uh, I mean, honestly, if Panda actually uh, decided uh, to stay in shape and uh, commit himself to pitching, he could actually transform himself into a poor man's version of Bartolo Colon, which might not be good enough for the majors, but will be immediately entertaining for minor league baseball uh, once uh, his playing career wrapped uh, winds down. But uh, yeah, no, that was really cool to see. But uh, uh, you know, uh, just an interesting highlight to take a look at. But let's get into it. Uh, we had the NBA action last night. The Warriors uh, took care of business against uh, the Pelicans, Game One. The Celtics uh, eliminated the Bucks uh, last night in Game 7. I'm going to talk about the Warriors game first, uh, just because I know people are going to be talking about it, uh, kind of jumping back on the bandwagon with the Warriors uh, ready to destroy everyone. So uh, let me just say, uh, welcome back to the bandwagon. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this was a complete tactical mistake by the Pelicans because the Pelicans tried to run and gun with the Warriors which is always a recipe for disaster. I don't care if Steph's out of uh, the game. It's just not a good way of getting a, a get a, getting a, a win against the Warriors, especially on the road. The Warriors hit way too many shots. You can't run up and down against them. Uh, I mean, I thought the way the Pelicans were going to go about this was to, yes, uh, run, pick, and roll, 
but slow the game tempo down because they know that the Warriors don't have a point guard with Steph out of the lineup. So you can slow the game down and they can't push pace on you. When you invite the, uh, the pace, I mean, you're, you're giving them what they're looking for. So I just thought it was a complete mismanagement of this uh, situation uh, by the Pelicans and Alvin Gentry. Uh, uh, Alvin Gentry just trying to... Uh, go up-tempo and go shot-for-shot shot with the Warriors. That's just uh, complete and utter uh, mishandling of the situation. That's why you lost by almost 20 points last night, just because it was just a bad game plan for them to start. So, you know, at the end of the day, I would say for the Pelicans, you still have a chance to uh, split the series, uh, although that was not an encouraging start because you gave the Warriors a lot of confidence that they could just steamroll you, even without Steph Curry who, by the way, may be back for game two. So you, you may have also missed your window to exploit the Warriors, but we'll see how it goes. So Kerr may just uh, hold out Steph for another game just to uh, get him as healthy as possible uh, for uh, the Western Conference Finals. Meanwhile, we had the Celtics and Bucks last night, and the Celtics prevailed as I expected, but... It, just a disappointing end to the season for the Bucks, who, by the way, just looked completely lost because uh, it, it looked as though the Bucks ran out of ideas in terms of the coaching staff with Joe Prunty because he kept throwing out different lineup combinations. Uh, there had to be over a dozen different lineup combinations last night, and none of them worked against the Celtics uh, for the most part once they uh, got past the starters. I mean... Uh, Giannis played pretty much the whole way. Chris Middleton played almost uh, as many minutes. Uh, but uh, the Bucks just did not have anyone from the bench step up and do anything uh, in that matchup against the Celtics. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Celtics actually did this cool little bit with uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe uh, because Eric Bledsoe uh, had been the uh, antagonist in this series. So, uh, uh, downplaying Terry Rozier's uh, uh, level of play by questioning uh, who he actually was. So, uh, Rozier outplayed Bledsoe uh, for the vast majority of the series. Bledsoe finally had a good game last night, but at the same time, Rozier still had a good game uh, for the Celtics. So, it became a moot point, but uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe actually pumped up the crowd with a little uh, a little bit of saying that he was a real Bledsoe. Uh, just another dig at a uh, Eric Bledsoe, uh, so that was actually kind of a uh, fun bit, but, you know, at the end of the day, the Bucks just showed how limited they truly were, because Jabari Parker, you know, as talented as he was coming out of college, has not improved this game at all, in my opinion. Can't play defense, and sucks on the boards, I, I mean, just completely one-dimensional, and it's the exact same problem that Andrew Wiggins has. I, I honestly think that those two guys are interchangeable because they don't do anything other than score. They can't they can't uh, play defense. They can't rebound. Uh, you know what good are you as a swing player in today's NBA if you can't even play a lick of defense and use your wingspan? Uh, it just kind of makes you useless because unless you're uh, shooting as well as uh, uh, or at least be a poor man's Clay Thompson, uh, you know, and Clay plays. Uh, the reason why Clay's like upper echelon is because Clay plays elite level defense. These these cats can't shoot as well as Clay, 
and they can't play any defense. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of dead weight in terms of contracts I'm seeing in the NBA, and that's part of the problem with the league in general right now is that too many guys are making money that they haven't earned yet, and the star players, while they're making money, they could they should be making more money because of some, some of these cats that they're carrying along for the ride. But with that being said, let's talk about Game 7 tonight. Well, today. I keep saying tonight. Eh? You'd, you'd almost expect it to be a primetime game, but then I remembered that uh, ABC has American Idol now instead of Fox, so that's the reason why, that's the real reason why the NBA games are on early tonight, it seems, is just to make room for American Idol. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a 1 o'clock start for uh, Cavs Pacers, so I basically got about uh, another uh, half hour uh, to talk about uh, everything, but... Uh, uh, and to get my lineups in, but uh, long story short, uh, you know, for those of you who've been paying attention to the podcast, I've been saying this all along that I thought this series could go six or seven games, uh, but the Cavs were going to pull it out. Uh, my thing of this was is that the Cavs just did not show up at all in Game Six. Uh, the Cavs bench is going to show up in Game Seven, whether that's a Larry Nance Jr. or maybe. You, you get some con- kind of contribution from Tristan Thompson other than being a punchline for the Kardashians. You know, they're going to do something. But all in all, LeBron James is going to be LeBron James. LeBron will score 50 if he has to to knock off the Pacers. He's not losing this series. And the other thing of it is is that these refs are going to let LeBron do whatever he wants today. Whether that's uh, uh, hooking guys doing his spin move where he elbows you in the head. Uh, just all in all, just a bullying uh, the other play, uh, players on the uh, on the court uh, for the Pacers, especially Lance Stevenson. I think he's going to basically body up by Lance Stevenson. And Stevenson's going to get zero calls in Cleveland. Uh, you know, the refs, the NBA in general, have a vested interest in the LeBron advancing. And it's not it's like a conspiracy theory that the Cavs are going to win outright, but honestly, the star players are going to get calls. That's just the way the NBA has always conducted itself. So unless LeBron does something egregious, like throw a punch, which obviously doesn't happen, uh, you know, he's going to have his way with Lance Stevenson. Uh, you know, Lance is going to try to do his antics. Uh, he may even get like one of those uh, uh, BS uh, technical calls uh, against one of the other cast players, like a double tech, uh, kind of scenario. But I, I g- genuinely see this as a danger spot for the Pacers, where Lance Stevenson can get himself ejected from the game uh, before the fourth quarter because of the fact that uh, the Cavs are going to find try to find ways of uh, engaging with Lance Stevenson. But if they can get him out of the game, that makes it that much easier. Uh, for Cleveland to do what they need to do on offense. Because uh, Stevenson tends to hurt them scoring the basketball and, in general, just disrupting their offense uh, when he's guarding people other than LeBron. But when he is guarding LeBron, I think that's where the Pacers are vulnerable. LeBron is going to be able to do whatever he wants to be physical and also dish the ball off. Uh, Now, in the interim... You're still going to need guys like J.R. Smith and Kyle Corver to hit shots. So I I do expect them to get their legs under them and hit some shots. 
uh, in this game seven. Uh, my issue with the Pacers just stems from the fact that outside of Victor Oladipo and Stevenson, I don't see enough consistent scores on the Pacers that can actually get the job done. Uh, guys like Thaddeus Young, Miles Turner, you know, I don't see them translating their game to stepping up to be uh, a 15 to 18 point score off the bench. Uh, well, Turner may start today, but you get my drift. It, it's like they need the role players to actually score somewhere around 35 to 40 points today. I just don't see the Pacers bench being able to uh, generate that. And that's just a lot of points to ask for um, Oladipo to come up with. Because Stevenson, even though he could score, he's really closer to a 17 uh, to 18 point score. He's not a 25, 30 point score. It's just not his game. He just doesn't shoot it consistently enough. So it's just we're going to require Oladipo to put up more points. And, you know, unless he tries to do his Russell Westbrook impersonation, which will automatically cause them to lose the game, I just don't see Oladipo uh, putting up enough points to beat the Cavs today when LeBron is going to go off. There's no doubt in my mind LeBron is going to have uh, a big game today and try to finish finish it early by... Uh, uh, putting uh, some separation between the Cavs and uh, Pacers uh, in the first half. So again, not to be a dead horse here, but uh, you, you've got LeBron basically being LeBron and putting up big numbers. So for DFS purposes, LeBron absolutely has to be in your lineup today. I don't care what, uh, how much the cost is uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings. I'm I didn't get a chance to look at the salaries just yet, but the the imperative is you got to have LeBron in there. He's gonna do do uh, have a big game. Uh, Oladipo, I would also say no one's been able to stay in front of him the entire series. He's gonna put up big numbers. Uh, the other question is uh, salary wise, uh, can you get enough valuation uh, over him and a couple other folks uh, between the Rockets? Because I think the Rockets are also gonna be putting up big numbers. Unless you want to do a differential play with Donovan Mitchell. But LeBron's got to be in the lineup. There's no if ands, or buts about it. LeBron has to be in the lineup today. Uh, you know, uh, I, I will have a goal over my face, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But LeBron's going to have a monster game. I, I, I'd, I'd be utterly stunned at, at this point if uh, LeBron came up uh, came up with an egg. Uh, just uh, given how the series has gone, how physical it's been, how emotional it's been. I just think that LeBron is just going to refuse to actually have anything uh, uh, go uh, go against him uh, today. And let's not forget, the refs are going to give LeBron benefit of the doubt on pretty much anything. LeBron's going to have his way with uh, the Pacers. I, I just uh, firmly believe that it's going to be a done deal uh, when it's all said and done for the Cavs today uh, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is LeBron James will put up uh, a basically a monster game uh and uh he's he's gonna have his way with uh the situation it's just uh uh almost uh, a lock at this stage so let's move on We're gonna talk about the uh rock rockets hosting the jazz today uh game one you know what utah is in firm happy to be there mode uh, you know the fact that ricky rubio's uh, got the hamstring injury uh, in Game 7 against uh, the Thunder 
all but assures that this is going to be a short series. There pretty much is no way I see Utah hanging in this uh, series uh, just because uh, the Rockets are a far better three-point shooting team than the Thunder. Uh, there are more ways to uh, put pressure on Utah's defense. I, I just don't see any scenario where this uh, series does not end in five games or less. This is going to be a short series. Uh, you know, it's been a nice story so far for Utah, but it comes to a, a crashing halt, uh, mainly from the standpoint of, uh, you know, Utah's limitations, especially with the injury to Rubio, are readily apparent. I, I just, you know, it's more of a failing of the Thunder that they were so incompetent that they could not figure out a way of uh, uh, punishing uh, 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 punishing Utah further than what they actually did. Uh, th- that's just a failing on their part. But uh, th- it real realistically, there's uh, not much I could see uh, Utah being able to do in the series. I would say if you could play Donovan Mitchell, uh, but I just don't see much other options other than uh, playing a, a, a salary cap savings with Alec Burks, who's going to fill it at the point guard position for Rubio. Uh, I, I just could not see anything from a defense perspective. Uh, you know, Joe Ingles played out of his mind uh, last series. I, I just can't see that uh, continuing. I, I, you know, I, I know it sounds like a broken record, but it's just, it's true. I, I just can't see... Uh, it uh, uh, persisting much longer. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's what I've got, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to see how it plays out. But I, I think the Rockets easily take control of this series, and uh, uh, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty much a wrap uh, uh, very quickly, in my opinion. I, I just don't see uh, a lot being done on. On uh, the uh, jazz side, that's going to change matters all that much for me. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, Is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. So uh, let's get into the NHL uh, just because we're... Coming up on uh, time, it's it's just n- never nearly enough time. Uh, uh, but uh, in the in the in the, in the uh, pretty much what uh, I would say is a must-win game uh, for the Capitals. The Capitals have got to figure out a way of winning uh, at home today. There's there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing that. Uh, the uh, Capitals uh, can do at this point to convince anyone in this series that they can uh, handle the Pittsburgh Penguins other than win three straight and get multiple chances of knocking off the Pens. Outside of that, no one outside of uh, Washington actually believes that they have any chance of winning this series, nor should they. Uh, 
I just think that this is a case where in game two, the Capitals have to salvage what they can at home, uh, get a win against the Penguins, and then figure out a way of winning some games in Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, right now, uh, they've got to figure out a way of just getting a win. And uh, for once, figuring out a way of getting to a quick start and not blowing the lead, uh, you know, this is a uh, this is a, a, a just a mandatory uh, game where uh, they uh, the Capitals have to have to figure out a way of getting off to a quick start. If Pittsburgh jumps on them early, I could see the Cav I mean the Capitals just rolling over and it just being a done deal, uh, quick and easy today. Because uh, I think the Capitals are that mentally fragile that they they can be gotten to. If it if it doesn't work out for them early uh, early on, so again, uh, Capitals need to win this game too. Uh, Brian Hopey's got to have a solid game. Uh, can't give up any softies, even though doesn't not really any softies in game one. But you know, just got to make some spectacular saves though, and I just didn't see that from game one. Uh, so uh, they they really need to. Uh, uh, buckle down and uh, and take care of business because it could easily go uh, south for them. So anyway, I'm gonna uh, move on to last night's game because uh, there was a lot of controversy going on here, and I had uh, I had some issues with what was uh, being called in the game last night between uh, Vegas and San Jose. San Jose deserved to win the game. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, they uh, they played a more well-rounded game throughout. But the my issue uh, that came up was the fact that, you know, Vegas had a game-winning goal called off in overtime. And the rationale for it was that they ruled goaltender interference. My issue with calling goaltender interference and uh, the way the NHL has set up this rule makes it uh, a convoluted mess because uh, at the outset of it, uh, you had uh, a situation where Marshall is skating with a defender on his hip pocket. Uh, he's skating around the crease from the uh, back of the net. Uh, he's uh, As he's going past uh, uh, Jones, Jones is at the top of the crease in a way where he's literally hanging Outside of the crease, his stick is definitely on the outside. Marshall clips the stick. Jones then proceeds to flop as if he's been struck by a bullet and is doing his best Duke basketball impersonation and goes to uh, goes to the ice level as if he's completely lost his balance. This in turn allows Marshall to actually knock the puck in. If Martin Jones stands his ground, he saves that puck regardless. Uh, Martin Jones was uh, banking on the refs giving an outright penalty to Marshall, which is why this is the dumbest rule in hockey right now with goalie interference. Because we've set up a precedent where in players are getting penalized for making hockey plays around the net, and goalies are taking advantage of it by playing all the way at the top of the crease. The issue is the fact that just because your skates may be inside the crease... Your entire body is on the outside of the crease because these guys are wearing full pads. 
This is ridiculous. We've gotten to a stage in the NHL where you can't even make a hockey play anymore near near the goalie because they're playing at the top of the crease, banking on uh, the opposing player getting a penalty as long as they make contact with the goalie. It's it's ridiculous. Marshall didn't get the penalty because the NHL knew that this was idiotic to penalize a guy who's been clearly skating on the outside and makes contact with a goalie stick because the goalie is so far on the outside of the crease, but because his skates are inside the crease, then it's considered uh, not uh, not a fair game. It, it, you got to protect the goalie. You know, it's sickening. Because my thing is, if you're going to say that because the goalie stick was impacted and that automatically made him interfered with and he couldn't save the, uh, uh, save the puck, then you got to uh, put it on a penalty on Martin Jones for embellishment because there's no way he goes to the ice ground based on that little contact before. He flopped to make sure the referees called the penalty, and then he didn't get the call. So on video review, you had to know that Martin Jones flopped on the play. That should have been an embellishment call. You can you can take off the goal by the draconian sense of the rule by saying that technically there was contact made and it wasn't initially um, uh, caused by the defender shoving Marchessault into the goalie. Fine, you can call you can wave off the goal. They didn't p- call the penalty on Marchessault uh, because he was skating legally within his bounds. But you gotta call an embellishment call on Martin Jones. Obviously that didn't happen. They took off the goal. Uh, San Jose scores uh, a goal in double OT for the winner. But just, again, just uh, eyesore for the league because you got playoff games being decided by such an idiotic uh, interference rule. The purpose of this rule was to prevent teams from just couching on top of goalies uh, and uh, causing goals uh, being scored by goals and just parking their asses right on, on inside the goalie crease. Uh, to get goals. I mean, that's really what was happening. It, uh, the Kings were notorious for that. But, you know, we've gone to such an extreme now that the NHL can't seem to figure out what's an actual hockey play anymore. Uh, you know, but be that as it may, uh, San Jose did deserve to win that game. They did outplay Vegas for the majority of the game. But let's be perfectly honest with ourselves. Uh, sometimes you can outplay a team for a game and you could still lose it. Uh, Vegas did enough to try to uh, pull that one out of a hat. Uh, it's just that it got overturned at the last minute, and a lot of people were upset and arguing on it on Twitter. Uh, my Again, my stance is uh, you can wave off the goal. I don't think it should have been waved off because Martin Jones was uh, way, way pushing the letter of the law there uh, and uh, got punished by this uh, his stick being knocked out by a guy who's already well outside of the crease but uh you know to wave off the goal and not to call jones for embellishment you know what it just doesn't make any sense because there's no way you can't say that uh martin jones wasn't embellishing the, uh for a call there so uh we we got uh vegas and san jose tied up at 1-1 i still see uh vegas uh pulling that series out uh just because uh, even with San Jose playing a good game and Vegas kind of being on cruise control for the first two periods, pretty much, they still almost pulled that game out. I, I, I look for Vegas to kind of take uh, a game three, and we'll, we'll see how uh, the rest of the series uh, pans out. Uh, tonight, we got game two between Nashville and Winnipeg. Uh, I look at Winnipeg here, and I can see them 
if Nashville's going to play this way, I could see Winnipeg uh, putting uh, putting the putting the foot on the gas pedal, if you will, and really trying to bully Nashville. Nashville's got to play with a mean streak tonight because they did not have it in Game One, and Winnipeg took advantage of it. Nashville's got to get mean. They got to get physical, and they really have to start fighting with uh, Winnipeg. Otherwise, they're, they're going to be in for some more trouble. So I look for the uh, defenseman to crash uh, crash the net a little bit more, uh, get a little bit more out of Roman Yossi and PK Subban. Uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna need to get a little bit more out of uh, what we've seen from uh, Ryan Johansson. Uh, so Nashville's got their work cut out for them. I, I'm fully uh, confident that they can uh, get the win tonight. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, they got to play their game and uh, get a little bit more uh, physical. So uh, that should be a very interesting game to uh, watch as well. So uh, without much further ado, I'm going to bring up uh, a couple items for baseball today uh, for fantasy purposes uh, just so uh, you guys can play your lineups and uh, – uh, at least we're going with uh, what I've seen. Uh, the Yankees have been on an absolute roll. Uh, I, I think Didi Gregorius is pretty much a must-start in terms of lineups uh, today uh, just because of how much uh, damage he's been doing. So that would be for the afternoon slate. For the main slate, though, uh, y- you've got a couple of uh, stacks that can make a lot of sense here. In terms of uh, matchups, I like Seattle against uh Cleveland. Cleveland has not been playing well at all today. Uh, so I kind of look at Seattle being able to take advantage. So you can take a look at uh, the likes of Gene Segura, uh, Nelson Cruz, uh, uh, Robbie Cano. I think these are all uh, these are all options uh, uh, for you to consider in terms of uh, the fancy matchups uh, today. Uh, but uh, outside of uh, uh, so uh, some of these uh, games, I, I definitely see uh, opportunities uh, uh, where you kind of can go along the ra- route of uh, the Braves uh, against the Phillies. Uh, uh, even though I, I do have uh, Vince Velasquez in certain throwaway lineups, I, I think the Braves also have an opportunity there between Ozzy Albies and uh, Dansby Swanson uh, and Freddie Freeman. Uh, you do some stacks there, uh, but uh, you know. Out, you know, realistically though, this is a, a very open slate uh, just because uh, there's so much money being allocated uh, to top pitchers. Uh, you've got uh, uh, you got Robbie Ray going today against the Nationals, so you've got the Dimebacks versus Nationals, and you also have uh, Houston uh, uh, playing the A's today. So a lot of ownership is going to be on Garrett Cole. Uh, so in matters like this. Uh, I, I kind of tend to fade the public, so I, I'm probably going to be staying away from Garrett Cole, uh, more likely in favor of a, a guy along the lines of uh, uh, of a Zach Davies uh, on the Brewers uh, and try to take advantage of the Cubs' struggling lineup uh, and uh, get some cheap points out of uh, my starting pitcher. Uh, and, you know, maybe look along the lines of uh, Rick Porcello, uh, just because Tampa's been struggling quite a bit, uh, and uh, should be a relatively smooth matchup for the Red Sox. Although I know they mentioned weather might be an issue, but uh, from what I've seen, the uh, it's it's been relatively nice. The bad weather is supposed to be coming later tonight, so uh, I, I just look at it as a case where uh, those would be the starters I would be going after. So 
that's all for today's show, just so I can get this uh, up and online for all of you before the game start. But it uh, should be interesting to watch uh, Game 7 today in the NBA and see how the hockey games uh, progress today. But uh, have a good one, folks, and enjoy the games. <laughs> It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position.